Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to die when all the birds are singing in the sky. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to the podcast, Love the Graps. My name is Chris. I am on the line with Alan. Hello. That's Alan, all the way from sunny Northampton. Do you know, it is really sunny as well. It's quite sunny down here today. I'm, I'm sat up in my in my daughter's bedroom and the uh, the light is flooding through her window. How delightful. I know, it's great, what, isn't it? What, what's she up to right now? Oh, she's uh, over at her cousin's having a sleepover. A sleepover? It's only 2.30 well, I mean, in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, they party hard, these girls. Oh, jeez. They still haven't got... These 10-year-olds. Well, still haven't recovered from the night before. No. No. <laughs> um, cool. That's nice. So, yeah, That's so nice. I hope they're having a nice time. Using her bedroom as a podcast studio. Yeah, well... Huh? You know. She don't pay rent, mate. So, I can do no, what I want. No, no. Well, maybe she needs to go out and get a bloody job. Not yeah. like us podcasters. You know, do raking it in. Do you know what? We went out earlier to get her um, a Valentine's card and present for her boyfriend. Ooh, la la. Because although she's 10, she's already got a long-term boyfriend. <laughs> and um, we were joking that she would have to buy his present out of her own money. Yeah. And so we went to Card Factory mm-hmm. to get the card. And I was like, oh, they've got cuddlies there. Do you want to get one for him? Went, she went, yeah, what's the cheapest? <laughs> that's that. That's a, a, a woman after my own heart. Yeah. So yeah. already she yeah. she's got she's got the rules of the game down pat. Yeah. Well, I mean, she you, you need to suss out what level of gift he's going to get her before you Yeah, even I mean, consider. he's usually quite good. Yeah. You know, but okay. you know. He he seems happy, so. All right, good good. I mean, he's he's 10. He's 10. It's hard not to be happy when you're, well, when you're 10, and you've got nothing to worry about, have you? No. No. You don't understand anything. You've not even got a full education, so how are you expected to understand anything? <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. You're you're in the midst of said education. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but by the time they've both done their GCSEs, they'll have, yeah. they'll know everything there is to know. Yeah. You don't need to know anything more after that. Ready to go. Out into the yeah. world. Off you go. Here's a here's a bindle on a stick. Off you go. Did you ever get taught like wiring a plug and changing a light bulb and stuff? Do you know what? I think I might have got taught wiring a plug. Yeah. Or like, or, or it's like a thing that in science class, when they were teaching you about sort of electricity and stuff, I got this picture of like a diagram of how a plug is wired in my head. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, and maybe it's like a thing that you do quite early on because you're like playing with like electrical bits, aren't you? Like, yeah. Oh, but make this we, light bulb turn had, um... on. We had a, a class called General Studies. Yeah. Um, and it only just started, so I didn't think they knew what it was going to be. So in that, we learned how to wire a plug. And and do you know how I remember how to wire a plug? How? Look at the wires that were there before you replaced <laughs> yeah. the plug. Yeah. You know, and often... See, see what wires went where. Well, a lot of the... repeat that. A lot of them have, like, some sort of indicator inside as to which one's supposed to go where as well. Yeah, so, like... Um, if you open it up, sometimes there's a little paper diagram inside. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. That yeah. lesson was taught by a guy called Mr. Pilgrim, 
and he he told a story about uh, always wearing. I mean, this might age me a bit, but even even at the time I was at school, I think this was might have been an outdated reference. Yeah. So if you're going to ride a motorbike, mm-hmm. always wear a full helmet, not one of those ones that's just <laughs> like a bowl on top of your head with your face open. Um, with the face open and and the back of your head open. As yeah. Well. Oh, okay. Like, literally, like military style. Oh, helmet. yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because um, he'd been at school with someone who rode a motorbike uh, and had one of those helmets on, um, and it just cut the top of his head off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did he survive? I have no idea. I mean, I'd assume not. What? Yeah, but if it was like a cartoon, he might have. His brain, yeah. might, have, his, his brain might have been exposed for a moment, but then yeah. he just picked it up, put it back on. Yeah, it's fine. Tape it on. It's fine. Bit of tape. Yep. Everything sorted. So that's what I learned in general studies, wiring a plug and not to wear an outmoded by then motorcycle helmet. I had um, a thing when I was in um, doing my GCSEs, which was like a, I'm not sure what it was exactly, but it, it was like a free sort of period, but not like a go off and do whatever you want. You were in a classroom right. okay. and there was a teacher. So I'm not really sure I understand what it was, but the only thing that I learned in that class that w- was that the teacher had a sideline in going round to service stations around the country and rinsing the "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" machines because he knew right. all the answers. Yeah, him and his brother used to go round, play all of them, get all of the money out of them. That's wow. the only thing I learned. I didn't learn the answers. I just learned that he did that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we used to kind of do that a bit in the um. What was the the snooker quiz game that Dave Lee Travis used to have on his radio show? I don't, I mean, know. <laughs> I don't I, know. I'm not sure even Jan Buxton might know, know this one. Steve Hewitt will probably know it. Yeah. Um, but he used to have like a snooker quiz a game on his Radio 1 uh, radio show. Okay. And the, there was a, a kind of an arcade machine version of it. Right, and right, right. And we used right. to go around all the pubs in the local area. When, I, when I'd first learned to drive and was first going to pubs, me and a couple of mates would just go round and... Uh, and do this machine. Well, let's hope that's um, all that Dave Lee Travis was spreading around the pubs. Back well, in those I mean, days. He, he did call the uh, the Chuckle Brothers as as a character witness for his trial. Did so. he? Know? There you go. Yeah. They saw nothing apparently. They well, saw I mean, nothing. you wouldn't trust them even if they did say they'd seen something, would they? Would you like? No. They're notoriously untrustworthy or yeah. you know unreliable. Well, one of them is. One of them's dead now. Well. That's how that's all that falling over. Yeah. R.I.P. Whichever Shuckle's dead. Barry. You reckon it's Barry? Paul. Barry or Paul? It's There's one a the... third one, isn't there? An, an older one who who had an act of his own right. but never made it. He must have been quite bitter. I, just, I like to think of it as the one who doesn't want to get involved. You know, like right. when there was the Osbournes TV show and yeah. you had like the two kids, but then there was a third kid who just yeah. didn't want to be a part of the TV show. So, yeah. like, they were kind of written out of history. Like, I imagine that's the case. I think yeah. that's... I, I, I'd i like to think there was, like, a third Olsen twin as well that didn't want to get involved. Be an Olsen triplet then, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but they had to sell them as twins because the third one didn't want to be recognised yeah. as a part of that act. You know, one of them's, like, in the Marvel films. That's, um, that's the like, Scarlet the younger Witch. sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, what... What's what's the other one doing? No, no, that's not one of the twins. Is it not? No, no. So it's Mary oh. Kate and Ashley are the twins, right? And that okay. one's Elizabeth, right? Yeah. Okay. So you oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not the same. Different people. Yeah. I thought she'd aged quite well. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she is quite a bit younger. If you see, I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but like you see the pictures of the twins now, and and so you know, I think it's been a tough old road for them from child right. stars to adults. Adult Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it's, style. A, it's a Macaulay Culkin route. I think they went down. Yeah, sad, sad. Well, I think anyway, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, all right. So this is a podcast where we go to watch wrestling shows and then talk about the wrestling shows. Um, eventually. So eventually. Uh, yeah. So we did go to a wrestling show this week um, on Wednesday. Um, yeah. We went to see Attack at the Dome yeah. in Tufnell on, Park on this podcast's third birthday. It was on this podcast's third birthday. So we've yeah. been doing this for quite some time. Yeah. Wait a minute, is it is it the third birthday or has it been three years since we started it? Well the first episode was released on the fifth of February yeah. two thousand seventeen. So it's it's the second birthday. No, it's the is it? Yeah, so No, it's the third birthday. No, so if you've been doing Yeah, alright, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, this is where it gets complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah. It's the third birthday. We're into the fourth year of the podcast. Okay, now. excellent. All right, I'm glad we yeah. I'm glad we ironed that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's nice to go back to attack. We'll talk about that in a little while, though. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about something else first. Yeah. So, um, for those of you who uh, are not aware, and I can't imagine how uh, anyone who listens to this podcast can't have been aware of what was going on last Sunday, um, Chris ran a show in london uh at in camden at the black heart um a wrestling show only with one very important difference yeah um, i'm not going to say it was the first ever show with no ring in the uk but i think it was the first ever show that could have had a ring and chose not to. <laughs> um yeah i think that that's the that's the important distinction here well, because i'm I don't I'm think sure we could have, have had a ring. Shows. I don't think well, we could I mean, have got a ring in venue. there. No. Um, I mean, as, as someone did say that the, the venue itself was about the size of a wrestling ring. Yeah. Um, but there, there were columns and, and bits that, that would have precluded mm-hmm. uh, putting a wrestling ring. I mean, someone should invent uh, a wrestling ring that allows for columns. Modular. A modular yeah. wrestling ring. And I, I mean, you could do it. Just leave a board out, wouldn't you? You'd need a, a hole in the canvas. Yeah. Um, it's like St Albans FC. Um, for years, they they were denied promotion uh, up the, the non-league ladder because there was a protected oak tree that was just in the middle of their stand. Right, okay. Yeah. I think there's a, um, there's a baseball field in Chicago, I think. It's featured in right. some film where there's like a train... Um, railway track that goes through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to stop the game. I'm going to just cough off mic for a second. Sorry. Okay. Uh, we don't away. edit. <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> all right. Sorry about that. That's good. It was a good <laughs> it's all out there now. Yeah, I think I'm all right. Coronavirus? Yeah, I think it might be. Um, it has yeah. made its way to East London. Yeah, we had the um, the Davenport's Potman rather than the Corona Potman. Yeah, when I was younger, so um, I think I don't think I'm susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm um, waiting for that Stella virus right. or the Carlsberg virus. Okay, yeah. Rather than I mean, the Corona virus. I mean, I'd say that the Stella and Carlsberg viruses <laughs> are, are very different things and might be responsible for Brexit. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so Chris ran a show, uh, Good Wrestling number 20. That's right. Um, imaginatively titled No Ring. Just straight um, to the point. Yeah, and as is traditional um, with good wrestling shows, we don't do a, a proper, we don't give it the proper um, Love the Graps treatment, although no. the last one did get that um, from, from uh, Jake Chris. I was absent. Yeah, um, you were furious. I mean, in, in the aftermath, I actually listened to the podcast and enjoyed it, and then I saw what everybody else was saying, so I felt really, I felt betrayed, actually. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Everything's everything's okay. Yeah, it's my podcast. You know? Well, I mean, it's half your podcast. I mean, you could say it was our podcast, but I got the login for the thing, so... Yeah, and, and you do do all the work. Um. Yeah. 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 I just provide 80% of the talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we, we do a, uh, a hangover show where we, we discuss a few things about how the show went and uh, maybe a few little glimpses behind the the very small curtain mm-hmm. that you had at the Black Heart last week. Not a, not a huge curtain to hide no. a lot behind. A bit makeshift, um, yeah. But, yeah, Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, like, I will let me declare an interest here. For the first time, I helped out. That's right. You did. You did a very good job as Thank well. Thank you. Everybody Thank you. there will recognise that Alan yeah. was at least partially responsible for helping make sure that the mat stayed in place by the end yes. of the show. I joked that I had the easy job of of working ring crew, <laughs> um, uh, but it, it was probably the most difficult a, job. Of yeah, the it was night. a really difficult job. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed helping out. I, I shook hands with with all the workers. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go round and. and and tore the room no as as they are taught to do apparently i wasn't taught to do this but then i wasn't taught really to wrestle i was i was kind of dragged up not brought up well you're a prodigy weren't you so yeah nobody could teach you anything Um, but um when when people sort of came to me i I made sure i shook hands and introduced myself Mm -hmm. um, to them um and it was nice being part of it but so i will declare that interest but having said all that chris smashed it yeah, I, I'm really pleased with it. I think everybody went away buzzing a little bit, wandering over to Marrowbone for that other wrestling show happening that that afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very pleased. We had a lot of great feedback um, from people who attended the show, people who didn't attend the show but only heard about it on the internet uh, yeah. or by text message or, or and the venue themselves. So... Yeah, all, all round good time was had, I think. Yeah, because it was like, let's let's not play this down. Mm-hmm. It could have gone very badly. Yeah, I mean, we we were. <clears throat> I'm all I'm a pragmatist to the very end, and I was treating this very much as an experiment. Like, could this sort of show happen? Could we pull this sort of show off? Yeah, like. There are other people who might have a bit more goodwill than we do. I mean, not that we are not that we have fostered any negative feelings within the wrestling community, but I'm not going to say we're the trendiest of all of the no. wrestling companies out of there in the in, well, you've in this used country. The word trendiest. Well, which you know, puts you down the list. I, that's um, I was using it in a technical capacity. Right, that we okay. are not the the most on trend, um, right. but you know, but th- there are other there are other companies with more buzz. There are people that like 
um, of tried outlandish things over the last couple of years with varying degrees of success. Um, and this is the first time we've really reached outside of our comfort zone. Um, you know, we've been working with the Crawford Arms in Milton Keynes since we started because they are friends of ours. They are keen on us being there. Um, and we're not going to stop being there anytime soon. Um, but that was our comfort zone. So stepping out of that, it was a risk. Um, I think it paid off. Yeah. I mean, it really did. It's, and, and that's down to a couple of things, really. It's, it's like one, you had the, and, and let's not let, leave adam out of this you know we'll give him a tiny bit of credit as well yeah um the the east brothers had the idea of doing this um and um there were there was a few things that happened on the show that were your idea um but it's also down to the fact that uh the two-way relationship that you've got with the wrestlers in that you trust them to um to come up with what what needs to be done yeah and they trust you to to give them that latitude um and have faith in them that they will be able to do it um in that every match was different uh which is when when you consider that you've got a, a space it was probably about seven foot by eight foot it was more um, it was it was bigger than that but yeah well yeah but yeah. not a lot bigger I mean, it was it was, it was it was about 10 by 10 Right, um, yeah. Warren Banks could lie down and and touch both both ends. Yeah, um, but he is quite a tall fella. So, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, when you when you think you've just got a flat space um, surrounded by people, and yet you had six matches that all uh, felt very different, that's a testament to the people involved. Yeah, absolutely. That, that it, it wasn't just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I think we, you know. <clears throat> Most of the people, obviously there were quite a few debuts on Sunday, but um, most of the people are people that we've worked with a lot, um, people who we're friendly with, people who from the moment we decided we were doing this were completely on board with it. Um, and I think everybody, you know, everybody rose to the challenge um, and and did exactly what the show needed. Um, and that's, I think, one of the sort of keys, really, is like, you know, you, it's it's something that like we've been sort of, it's been a constant sort of debate between myself and Adam, at least, like, how do we get the people who are on our shows to be invested in the shows? Because yeah. there are there are times when it feels a bit like, um struggling uphill to get everybody like really invested to help like push the show and promote the show and make the show special um and there are some people that it's easier to do that with than others um but on sunday everybody did exactly what the show needed um yeah and i think that that was that bore itself out and was evident to everybody who was there yeah and and it's you know it felt like a good show as well um, as in a good wrestling show, as in a G-O-O-D, yeah. the promotion wrestling. I mean, that name, it really made a rod for your back there. Um, is it too late to change it? Yes. I don't know. It yeah, probably it is, is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got all the graphics and T-shirts. Everyone would just have to edit their own T-shirts, and you just you don't know what you might get. 
Well, unless you really don't. maybe we change it and sell new T-shirts. Wow, ooh. Money. It's sounding like Chris Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it did feel like a, a good show, um, despite the fact that, you know, a, a couple of the regulars weren't available. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Brooks had to go and work a, a shoot angle yeah. uh, in Cardiff, um, and Gene Money had to go and fuck about in Cardiff. Um, so they there, weren't, there's I mean, they weren't two booked. of the bigger names. Were they not booked? No. No. Are you, are you like denying that they were ever booked for the show? I'm not. De- I'm not denying it. They were never booked for the show. Right. Okay. I mean, but they, th- that's they, not to say they, that I didn't ever have a conversation with either of them. No, but they were no, never. But you know what I mean. It's like, especially Gene Money. Gene Money has become Mr. Good. Well, I mean, um, Gene Money hasn't wrestled for good in over a year. Well, of course not. No. Um, and you know, there was no Beano, no Mike Bird, but. The the thing was, even though the, there were six debuts mm-hmm. and two new refs, can't leave out the two new refs, yep. um, Oscar and Daviki, uh, who fit straight it fitted straight into the the good ethos. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Oscar making himself a bit of a character straight away. You got to stop that with your refs. I don't know what's going on. It's difficult, isn't it? They want to be they want to be part of the show. Yeah, um, but even though you had six wrestling debuts. Um, Every match had a, a good regular in it, yep. um, and so it felt very much like a, a good show, even if it had a, a little bit of a London flavour to it. Yeah, I think that was something that we we really wanted to make sure that um, that we got across. I mean, we want people to come to our shows in Milton Keynes. Um, yeah. Like, you know, this show sold out in like half an hour, um, but I want people to travel up the M1 or get on the train to Milton Keynes. So, you know, we're never going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. It had to feel like a good show, get people invested as much as they can over the course of one show in seeing those people in our playground and hopefully come back, um, you know, in March, again in May, and then um, for good stock in July, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I want to give three special shout-outs to people who worked the show. Mm-hmm. Um, one to the Dark Fruits Daddy, yeah. who made made his undergraps debut, I think we'll call it. Yeah. Um, not his first match, but uh, first match on a, a kind of... I, I, it's going to sound really bad saying this, but a cool show. Do you know what I mean? And I, I mean no offence to any of the other shows that he's appeared on um, with that. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know I mean... know what I mean. Yeah, it's a, it's a show that isn't in... A, school hall or yeah. leisure centre and nothing you know we we've been to those shows we love those shows yeah. but they're they're a different animal so yes yeah um i also want to give a shout out to Aaliyah james who was our first main event yeah 25th uh, match only, uh, yeah 25th match ridiculous um, she's ridiculously talented uh, for a, a stage well not even for a, her stage of her career she's just ridiculously talented yeah um and also uh, i thought tim lee uh, massively over um, what he he knows what he's doing uh, and he's doing it really well. Yeah, yeah. Happy with all those people. Happy with all yeah. of, like I, I you know speaking to Adam about it this week. Um, you know everybody who debuted on that show really. Um, I mean, not that they're there to impress me and Adam, but like I think. You know, there, there's nobody out of those that we wouldn't be looking to have on future shows at some point. Like yeah. everybody, really made a 
made a good showing of themselves. Um, so the um the next two shows are in Milton Keynes. That's right. Yeah. May twenty, March twenty second. Yep. Which I have been reliably informed today is Mother's Day. Yeah, I think we ran Mother's Day last year as well. Yeah, that's not gone down very well. I can tell you in, <laughs> in the uh, Boone household. Uh, well, bring her along. Well, she'd rather die. <laughs> uh, and then May the something. twenty something. Um, um, and then might might you be looking at going back at some point this year to the Black Heart? Uh, it's possible. I'm not telling. Yeah. I'm not telling you. <laughs> um, Although you have you have said. Um, I don't know if it was you or Adam mm. uh, on the on the Twitter machine that if you if your next when your next show sells out mm-hmm. um, at the Crawford Arms, you will then announce um, the date. For I the said next. I said if it sold out this weekend, all oh, right, I would right. do it. Um, There's a caveat on it. Yeah, it's not going to sell out this weekend, but that doesn't mean you should all be snoozing. Just get on no. those tickets because I mean we you, uh, if you leave it until the few days before you might miss out yeah um because travis banks wwe uk's yeah travis banks is is going to be wrestling on this yeah. show may 17th is the may show just uh, uh add a there look you go. check that yeah. out um which is apparently according to my calendar the weekend before super strong style 16 um, right uh, also the weekend before mcm expo of the xl right yeah, I mean, so, I, I'm not going so, to that. Well, I mean, I was I was just thinking people could could come to uh, Good Twenty Two mm-hmm. and and test out their cosplay. Yeah, you could. You, yeah, you could. Yeah, we encourage it. I mean, we are like, I mean, obviously, no ring was cramped. Yeah, quite often the Crawford is quite cramped as well. So yeah. if you are going to cosplay, make sure it's one of those slinky, sexy ones, not one of the <laughs> big, boxy ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't be a big robot. If, be I mean, an if you, elf. If you're going to be a big robot, you will find a special space for you to sit. Yeah. Um, and you may become part of the show. You might get landed on. Yeah. yeah. Might end up in the bin. Yeah. Uh, and I was no doubt a costume made out of cardboard, because I always imagine, um, I always used to build cardboard robot costumes. Um, well into my 20s. Um, you know, it has to be made out of cardboard. Yeah. I just, I just want, I once made a pair of robot legs just out of cardboard. <laughs> Did you? And, and I, I just I just strutted around the house wearing them. Okay, so it wasn't for any no? festive reason. It was just, no, they were just, just they a were household just project. I, I, think, I think I wanted to know what it was like to not be able to bend my legs. It's very weird. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, it was around the same time I made it. Uh, me and a friend made dolls for for Edith Bowman, Donna Air. Um, Alan, I don't want to know. MTV. I don't want. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I hope they we weren't. We sent them into MTV, and they. I hope they, they weren't on, used uh... at that point. No. Okay. No, they were. They were pristine. Right. Let's let's move on. This is the bit of the podcast, I suppose, where other podcasts would talk about the latest signings for NXT UK and WWE snapping up Timothy Thatcher. Right. Um, I don't really care, do you? I mean, no. no. I mean, when have we ever done the news? I know. I mean, it's sometimes just... when we've got nothing else to talk about, but like... Yeah. Um... I just feel people have, have lost their shit this week about it. Um... I don't know. Like, 
Okay, uh, let, you've you've drawn me on it. You've drawn me on it. Okay. Um, so they've signed a bunch of quite young wrestlers this week. Yeah. Take Timothy Thatcher out of it. He was always going to go to WWE at some point. Like yeah. as as I think you pointed out on the um on the page, like he had a standing offer from WWE. He was always yeah. on their radar. Yeah, Meltzer's been saying for years that whenever Thatcher wanted to go, the offer was there. Yeah. But... And he just had too good a shoot job. Um, and obviously the last year he's he spent kind of in Germany, so that shoot job obviously came to an end, so he did one last bit of kind of being around and about and then just thought, you know what, I'll take I'll take the King's shilling. Yeah. But all the other guys, like the NXT UK signees, your Danny Lunas, your Candy Flosses and, and etc. Um like they they've taken the opportunity to get paid a wage to go and train wrestling full time. Yeah. Um as much as we would like them to still be part of the scene, um which they will be to some extent. I mean in a diminished capacity and I'm not one to sort of jump on the NXT UK bashing bandwagon, but I'm also wary of the impact that they're having. Um but uh, I don't. I don't begrudge any young wrestler like taking that opportunity because they could. They could do that for a few years, find out it's not for them, and then go back to the indies. I mean, we haven't seen that happen yet, but no. we also haven't had the chance to see that happen because it's all new. As much as they have been going for a couple of years now, like it's all. It's all still fresh. We don't really know what being part of WWE NXT UK means for your long term career. No, um, we've we've seen it happen a little bit um, in the uh, Dan Maloney and uh, yeah. more recently Killer Kelly um, have have just decided it's not for them yeah. and they're now back working uh, different shows. I mean, the the thing is that yeah, some of these people are going to be a miss. Um, you know, I I I, I still miss seeing Pete Dunne. Um, and I'm glad that Pete Dunne is, has gone on to NXT proper and is making it in the States and stuff. That makes me feel a little bit better about things. Travis yeah. Banks, I'm, st- I'm still a little bitter about because um, I loved watching Travis Banks and I lost him a bit. But do you know what? I went to 40, just over 40 shows last year yep. and I saw 250 wrestlers for the first time. So every year, although we're losing these people... To, to Japan in the case of Chris Brooks and Drew Parker and Jamie Hayter and NXT UK and you know NXT proper they're, they're queuing up to replace them yeah and and that was something that was notable about the the good show at the weekend is that very quietly there's a a, a very talented crop of young wrestlers in London um, that have just come out of nowhere yeah and they're all a delight to watch. So yeah, we've we've lost you know the the, the likes of, of Tyler Bay and Trent Seven um, and the grizzled young veterans, or at least you know one of them. No one cares about the other one. Um, but we've got a Callum Newman, we've got an OJMO, we've got Noir. Do you know what we've we've got all these lads who who have come through to take their place? And when it's their turn to go to Japan or go to America or go to uh, an industrial unit in Enfield, there'll still be more coming behind them yeah and i mean it's it obviously it it changes what the scene is it changes what people are able to do with their shows but we adapt 
we survive, we move on, nothing's dead. I mean, I'm not. No. I'm also not going to go the other direction where people are like, oh, I've been to these shows and every single one's nearly sold out. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's your experience, but like, let's let's um, let's just pull back on that a, a second, shall we? Yeah. Um. It, but yeah, I don't care. Everybody, anyone can sign anywhere, so long so long as it doesn't directly affect my shows. Um, yes. As soon as that starts happening. I'll be kicking off. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a terrible bad thing. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've always been fairly smart with who we book, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about actual wrestling that we actually went to. Yeah. So attack um, and paid to go to. We did pay to go to it. Can you yeah. believe it? Um, I'm not. I'm still not getting any freebies from this whole being a wrestling promoter <laughs> thing. Um, don't so, ask. That's the thing. Just barrel up. Yeah, I just don't want to do that though. No. Um, anyway, attack at the Tufnell Park Dome. Um, our our Dama Fever. Apparently, yeah. that's the name of the show. Yeah, looked it up. It's a baby metal song. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I thought. I, I like to know these things. Yeah. It, it usually is a song by a band that either I've never heard of or I just was not interested in them in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they've let Jim Lee name a show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Baby Metal. I know, I know of Baby Metal. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, I mean, they, they sound I feel, all right. I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a band that people liked ironically for a little while. Yeah. Could you list a whole album? No, there's loads of bands that I couldn't listen to a whole album of. Like, there are bands that I'd be like, oh, that sounds fun, but I know that I'm not going to enjoy listening to 45 minutes of it. Yeah. Did I ever tell my idea for a festival where yes. each band would only get to play three songs? You did tell me that before. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been mentioned on the podcast before. Well, there we go. Everything's circular, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so, yeah. or, that or we've got limited <laughs> ideas between us. So, Awadama Fever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was sold in a lot of ways, on it being uh, Chris Brooks' last attack appearance before he yep. took, takes a year off to Japan, to the Far East, the land of the rising sun. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, yeah, he he made he made an appearance at the beginning of the show. Um, yeah. And we thought, oh, that's it then, bye. Um, but we also had um, a few other things announced. Um I think they only actually managed to deliver two of the announced matches. That's um, fine. Things happen. They do. They do. Um, so we had singles matches with uh, Danny Luna against Millie McKenzie and also um, uh, Nico Angelo and Chuck Mambo in a two out of three falls match. And Karen um, Noir and Carl Fletcher. So they had three, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was also a tag a tag open challenge with Mustache Mountain that had been announced that became um uh tri- well it was I think they were just announced to appear and then yes. Ty- Tyler Bate couldn't make it so it became a Trent Seven open challenge. Where um, was Tyler Bate? Don't was, know. Was he was he on NXT or something? No idea. No yeah. idea. It could be anything. It might not be. I mean, this might shock you, but. There are other reasons that people pull out of wrestling shows rather than just WWE. Um, 
So, um, also there was scheduled to be a tag title match between the champions, the Ring Cr- Ring Crew Express. Is that what they're called? I think so. I mean, I I didn't recognise the guys when they're in the ring. Um, they they could have just stuck out. I, I mean, maybe that's the idea that it's it's the first three people to turn up and do the ring. Yeah. Um, that that get put in this it's three man stable. Um, so the Ring Crew Express versus the O One Two One Dan Maloney and Derice. Yeah. Um, former champions, um, and that was also announced, but they did not deliver on it. No, which we'll get into. Yeah. So it was our first attack show for nineteen months. Yeah. And we went to a Cheltenham one, um, and I think that was the only one we did in that year. Yeah. Um, in twenty eighteen. Um, so yeah, we've we've not been to attack a lot, which is weird because there was a while when. We were at every attack show, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Despite think, the fact that they were taking place a three-hour drive away. Weirdly, it was only once they started running London that I think that we stopped going. Yeah, very um, odd, isn't it? Yeah. It stopped It stopped becoming an effort, and therefore we stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they made it more convenient, so it became less exotic. Yeah. Um. Uh. So let we'll do... Should we do... Three love the graps and three not my graps, then. Yeah, 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 let's do that. Okay, so three things that we liked. Um, love the graps, numero uno. Um, where should we start? Let's, I'm going to start with Chris Brooks. Okay. Um, so this this will be the final time that we will see Chris Brooks uh, before he goes off to, to uh, Japan. Um Unless he makes, I mean, we're going to Pro Wrestling Clash on uh, Sunday. The sixteenth. Called Pro of February. Wrestling Clash. Is it not? It's just Clash, isn't it? Or Clash I Wrestling? Was... I don't think it was ever Pro Wrestling Clash. I've always thought it was Pro Wrestling Clash. I don't think so. Well, we're, we're going there. Whatever it's called. Yeah. We're going to their final show. I mean, there's an outside chance he could show up at that. He could also there be is a, um... a million other places. Rocky Mack is defending his championship, um, and they haven't announced against who. Yeah, so he could do, but th- this will be the last time that we definitely see Chris Brooks before he goes to Japan. Yeah, and uh, over the life of this podcast, and pretty much over the life of of me and you going to shows together, Chris Brooks has has been a favourite. Um, sort of one of the first regular places that that we went uh, as a as a as a couple. <laughs> um, as a wrestling husband and wife. Oh god, we're getting uh, back to that, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we we did the podcast was uh, Seven Pro, yeah. Telford, where Chris Brooks was their Young Lions champion. Yeah, and um, uh, accompanied um, by a Dirty Wolf. Um, yeah. In the form of the original like, well, not even the original Lycos. Um, I feel like so right now we've got a Lycos Junior or Lycos Two. Lycos Two, yes. Lycos um, Two. Which I think is a little bit misleading if you look into the deep into the history of the Lycos character, um, but it's not that's not my story to tell. I don't. No, think. bust it open, mate. I had no idea about this. No, the, no. well, I believe that the original Lycos was um, played by Sebastian Radclaw. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think if you look back at like old Attack. Yeah. Um, there was certainly a blue and white Lycos um, that was not a child, <laughs> um, that was a grown-up, um, yeah. and um, and and at some point, um, well, 
so somebody else took over the mantle, um, got all dirty, and and um, started following Chris Brooks around. Yeah. Um, so so we, we we kind of we went to Seven Pro and then Attack and Fight Club Pro, and these were all places where where Chris Brooks was. So he became like a a big part, and he and he's become a big part of the show um, that we've been doing for the past three years. So it's kind of a momentous thing to sort of wave him off yeah. uh, on a, on a, a year of adventures in, in Japan. Um, again, with one of our favorite companies, DDT. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, we were lucky to have him on, um, a good show last month. Um, and, and we, we did want to get him on the no ring show. Um, there were some politics involved. Um, there were there was some debating, um, and it took a while to confirm whether or not he could do it. But alas, um, he got into this awful spat with the progress management. I don't know whether you saw it. Um, yeah. But they made him fight for like as punishment. They made him fight for their championship. Yeah. Um, so he couldn't make our show. Um, but yeah, it, he is—he's been a big part of British wrestling. Um, I think I don't know. I don't want to downplay, um, or maybe over—I don't want to overstate um, the impact that he's had. But I don't know whether you could look at any one person, um, sort of cross-promotionally at least, or as an individual that has had the impact he's had in the last couple of years. Um, I think Jimmy Havoc had a big impact um, in his sort of um, progress uh, reign, but I think that was, you know, that came to an end before like the like Chris Brooks' rise, um, and also didn't really cross over beyond progress um, to the same degree. But Chris Brooks manages to stand like a man apart from from promotional allegiances and has, has cultivated the brand that pe- that really resonates with people like there was a i can't remember what the context was but somebody made and it was quite a snarky joke um that like the only reason people were going to fight club pro was to try and be friends with chris brooks and hang out with him at the gifford afterwards um and I feel like there is a there is a kernel of truth in that for for a certain portion of the audience. Um, not me. I don't really actually like him as a person. I think, <laughs> I think he's really objectionable. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I think there's something that he has managed to do that has really connected with um, a certain type of independent wrestling fan in the UK. I think. What it is is that the reason that that the British scene kind of came back into its own was that wrestling became cool, um, and it it became uh, almost like a, a a rock and roll thing. Um, you know, comedy is the new rock and roll. It was for a bit. Wrestling was the new rock and roll, and although that kind of died away a bit, um, as these things tend to, Chris Brooks seems to have remained cool even when he's doing the goofiest shit possible even when he's being an an absolute prick he still radiates cool and therefore as long as there was a a, a chris books around to appear on shows 
then Britarest was still going to have that little bit of cool. And thankfully, there are others who've come through and, and, are, and are taking that cool mantle forward. So it's not just him anymore. I mean, I, I'm not sure we even need him anymore. We've got Charlie Evans now. She's pretty much um, the, the Chris Brooks of 2020. So, you know, um, the, the coolness is, is well taken care of. But it was really nice to see him one last time. Although, as it turned out, it was two last times. Well, yeah, so... Um... The Ring Crew Express were told that the 0121 were running a bit late. Somehow yeah. they, they 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 hadn't made it to the venue on time, and they thought they were going to have a night off. Um, but Chris Brooks came out and said, "I'll fight you for your titles," um, and they were like, "Oh, what you on your own?" Um, <laughs> Which, to be fair, I'd have still backed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I just it. I think we'll get into this a little bit later on, but it was a little bit leaden, wasn't it? Like, yeah. it was a little bit like, oh, what? You, Chris Brooks, who's got no associates, is going to fight <laughs> us on his own? I wonder whether you will be able to make it through this tough match with the Ring Crew Express, at which point both Lycos 1 and 2 um, slid in from behind the Ring Crew Express and, and twatted them. Um, variously with, uh, I think, a knee and a baking tray. Still rocking the baking tray. He is. Um, he is. Even in retirement, um, Lycos still rocking the baking tray. Um, must go through loads of those. His mum well, must be absolutely furious. She I comes to put he's, in... making, he's making cookies. Well, I, th- I think he's like, Mum, uh, can I have some crispy pancakes? And she's like, "Yes, I'll I'll cook you up a couple of crispy pancakes if you like, Lycos." Yeah. Um, and she goes out to the kitchen. She's turned the oven on, let it preheat to about two hundred and twenty degrees. Two hundred and twenty. Um, yeah, I think you need a high temperature for a crispy pancake. Um, and and she goes to to she gets the crispy pancakes out of the freezer. Um, ham and mozzarella, I think, is the flavour du jour. Right. And okay. um and goes to place them on on a baking tray, only to find the baking tray's been twisted in half. Right. She's like, Lycos, you're going to have to go and hit somebody with the other side of this baking tray to even it out. So he has to come down to the Tufnell Park Dome to hit one of the Ring Crew Express with it. And then get back to, I don't know, Chester. Yeah. Um, Just place off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, And and then he gets to enjoy some delicious crispy pancakes. Can you still get Finder's crispy pancakes? The only reason it came to my mind is that I bought some in Iceland two days ago. I saw them. I was like, wait a minute. I haven't seen a crispy pancake in a long time. (laughs) What you want is a Finder's crispy pancake and Mm -hmm. some bird's eye potato waffles. Well, what I've got in the freezer right now is some kind of bird's eye um, unicorn potato shapes because they were reduced. I mean, I say unicorn. It's just a round thing with the bits poking out of it. It's like a bit like a cue, as much right. as anything. Do you feel comfortable eating unicorn? Yeah, I'd well eat a unicorn. Really? I'd well eat a unicorn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Give me a unicorn steak. I'd I'd munch that right up. Be full of glitter. I think you become immortal as well. Right. Unicorn heels. I could do with it. Actually, yeah. I ate, <laughs> very achy. Right. I went well, to a th- I went to a play last night, a play? Um, and uh, the the seating in the venue was, let's say, a little bit alternative. Um, <laughs> and I, I was very uncomfortable, and I got up afterwards and I was like, oh, 
I'm really feeling my 36 years right now. And if I'd have had a unicorn steak, I think it would have healed all of that right up. Or even a unicorn to sit on. Well, wait a minute. Which part of the unicorn are you sitting on? <laughs> Don't drag it there. What? <laughs> what? Um, yeah, so the um, so CCK part four or five? I don't know. Who knows? Who even knows? Um, so you had the, the original was with Gresham. Yeah. And then Lycos. Mm-hmm. And then Banks. Yeah. And anybody else in CCK? I don't think so. I don't know. It's CDK in in, D, yeah. in DDT. I feel like there was a CTK at some point as well. Right, but... with, with Tim Thatcher. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's very confusing. Yeah, that was like a, a progress, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter, really. No. Um, yeah, and so they... I'm gonna. I'll, I'll mention it later, but this wasn't a match. Um, they they instantly beat the Ring Crew Express and took the titles and, and walked yeah. out. Good night, everyone. Thanks That's for it. coming. Chris Brooks's farewell. Chris Brooks's farewell. That's Chris Brooks's farewell. Bye. Yeah. Would it shock you to find out, the listener, that Chris Brooks did reappear at the end of the night? Um, Do you know what though? I was totally comfortable with him not reappearing. I was totally comfortable with that being his actual farewell. Yeah. Because really, what did what did I mean? People love seeing Chris Brooks wrestle, but really, all they want to see, when you boil boil it down to, uh, is the entrance, the promo, the death by roll up, and the the waving as he goes at the ramp. Yeah. Which you know we got all of that in in that segment at the start. I think it would have been funny if he had taken those titles to Japan and then they had to find a attack had to find a way to get them back. Yes. Somehow. Yeah. Um alas, that is not what happened yeah. because O one two one showed up at the end of the night. Um disrespecting the champion. Cara Noir yeah. had just beaten Carl Fletcher and, and obviously what happened was they didn't want everybody to leave and go home because they'd had the advertised main event. Yeah. So um Darice and Dan Maloney came out during him waving to the crowd and holding the belt up. Gotta say, before we move on to that, absolute banger between Fletcher and Caranoir. Uh, yeah. But, Beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. That was a professional wrestling match, that. Yeah. It was very, very good by yeah. two very, very good professional wrestlers. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, Darice and uh, Dan Maloney appeared. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, you've got to let us fight those people for all the belts and so we got a match we got a match with um brooks and lycos 2 versus the 0121 um and uh the 0121 took the titles yeah reese got absolutely battered he did oh dan maloney did bloody roman reigns didn't he for off the match because as we said like we've not been to attack for a long time so we we're not sure of of what's going on uh, in attack and it seemed from the way that they came out and interrupted Car Noir who was a beloved babyface that they were heels yeah um and then they acted like the cock of the walk uh, Dan Maloney did some some uh weird rap thing that I think only the OJMO understood um because it really popped the OJMO 
um, who was watching in the crowd. Yeah. Um, so it must have been. I mean, I'm I'm denying my old white man roots here. Um, but they they seemed really cocky and really heelish. And then they did a kind of an injury angle with Dan Maloney, which meant that he disappeared for half the match. So yeah, he got Garif bounced off. A, he got bounced off a table and then kept uh, saying a spinal. <laughs> Gets saying spinal <laughs> yes, as he walked exactly out the side door. Yeah. Um, um, and then Doris basically got the shit kicked out of him by two men. Yeah. Until Dan Maloney finally came back, triumphant return of the good guy. Yeah. It's very confusing. I mean, this is as much our problem as it is anybody else's. Yeah. Because we haven't been following. We don't know the dynamics, but... It was a little bit confused. Uh, I mean, I think the fact that they inter—I think the fact they interrupted the babyface champion was was where the confusion rose from. Um, I don't know what they could have done to to change that, except try and I don't know. Could they have done? Did they have to do this at the end of the show? Like, could they not have had the main event after? But then you you want to end it with the chris brooks farewell don't you so yeah, exactly. and and that's what they did and so we got to say goodbye to chris brooks uh for one last time before he, he goes off to japan it all seemed quite fitting um that this was our first attack show in a while that chris brooks was a, a big reason as to why we started going to attack yeah um a, along with with pete dunn and uh flash morgan webster and wild boar and well, lots of people also who aren't there anymore also attack um, yeah, I think um, I think attack was as much the reason that we were going to attack than course, any yeah. particular wrestler. Yeah, um, I remember that. Well, that I, I saw Pete Dunne at a cockpit show um, the the month before we first went to attack, and I was having a chat with him over the merch table, and I said, "Oh, I've got tickets to come to attack." And he went, "Oh, it's very weird." <laughs> I mean, yeah. could you even say that now, though? No, like, I mean, but, just we'll with get the... on for that. We, I mean, not just attack, but just it, it, its place in British wrestling now. Yeah. Um, um, probably not, but yeah, maybe we'll get onto that a bit later. Yeah. So yeah, so we got to say goodbye to Chris Brooks, uh, and uh, although that sounds weird, that you know him disappearing for a year is in a love the graps. Um, it's been fun watching him, and we're still going to watch him. He's still going to pop up on VOD. But um, it's it's in love the graps because it's somebody that we like going off to do something that they like and yes they'll be missed but also we've just been going on about how wwe can sign up everybody they want but we'll the scene will keep on ticking and you know we have to we have to believe that'll be the case post chris brooks yeah yeah so um i don't know what like off two is gonna do without a chris brooks but well perhaps we'll find out maybe there'll be a chris brooks too Oh, I'd be so in for that. Yeah. Yeah. Who who would play Chris Brooks too? Mm, Dark Fruit's daddy. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I'm I'm giving yeah. it to him. I've bestowed the mantle upon David Grant. Yeah, you need someone tall and, and thinnish. Well, he's tall. Um, yeah. Um so Grant, get a shave. I'm sorry, mate. You got you, you get in the sauna. <laughs> and it's all there for Just you. Just sweat cut, it out. Cut one of the sleeves off your leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you're there. Start sticking your fingers up all the time. Yeah. So Get... let's let's move on, on to then. a second uh, love the graps, and let's move on to perhaps we've been talking about um, people who've come along and replaced the people that we've lost to places like 
WWUK and WWUK. I've missed that. Sure. There, yeah. There's no entertainment on WWUK, is there? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not a lot Japan. of wrestling. <laughs> no. Um, and that is uh, one Curtis Chapman, Esquire. Mad Kurt. Yeah. So um, Mad Kurt appeared on this attack show. Um, I've seen quite a lot of Mad Kurt recently. Yeah. Uh, he's an absolute delight. He's a bloody treasure right now. He's a shining beacon in a world of darkness. Yeah. Um, uh, and he did a bit on this show that was just incredible. Um, just really, really good. Very simple, but very, very good. Um, in that he came out, told a bad joke. Um, which yeah. Was, yeah, really good. Um, he answered um, Trent Seven's open challenge. Yeah. And uh, he, he appeared in the ring uh, in his cape, as uh, Madka is, is wont to do now, um, and holding a solitary pie. Yeah. Um, and he explained that he, he'd been a bit uh, nervous before the match, and when he, uh, he, he'd bought a 10-pack of pies. Yeah. Uh, but he only had one pie left. And why was that? Why did he only have one pie left? I don't know, Alan. It was because seven, eight, nine. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Eddie Kingston came out yeah. to also answer the Trent Seven Open Challenge. And then Trent Seven and Eddie Kingston acted as if Mad Kurt was not there. Yeah, they just ignored him. Yeah, didn't let he'd him, ever been there. Didn't let him yeah. join in their reindeer games. No, um, until he forced his way in, and then they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he got beat up. Yeah, the Mad Kurt character shouldn't work on any level. It is absolutely ridiculous. It requires the biggest suspension of disbelief. Okay, well, let's take a step back, Alan. Can yes. you explain the Mad Kurt character to our listeners? People... I'm not sure I can. That's the thing. Because he's he's wacky. Uh, he's overconfident. Um, I don't know. For those of you who've never seen Curtis Chapman, he's a slight fella. Um, you know, when he used to wrestle as Curtis Chapman for RevPro, um, he did always look like he needed a, a few sandwiches. Um, to to bring him up to to scratch with the rest of the the Rev Pro contenders, um, and so he he cuts an odd figure, but I mean, can you explain it? I can't explain it. He's he's delusional, isn't yeah. he? He's he's the he thinks he's the big dog in the yard, um, but he's 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 not. Um, yeah, thinks he's cool. Yeah, he thinks he's cool, but he's not. He's picking yeah. fights with people that he probably shouldn't be picking fights with. He he's thinks dabbing. he basically he thinks he's the most famous wrestler on the planet, um, and he thinks that everybody else should also agree with that. Um, but also somehow this makes the crowd love him rather yeah. than because you know this is this is standard. This is your standard. Um, delusional bad guy territory isn't it yeah um but i think it's like with it's almost like the youthful exuberance that he carries singing his own theme tune skipping his way to the ring dabbing all the time <laughs> kind of has made him this weirdly beloved figure yeah and i've got i've got to say at both the the good no ring show on sunday and 
at Attack on Wednesday, he got the biggest cheer out of anybody. Um, and the, when you're answering an open challenge, um, I mean, people are maybe a little bit conditioned now to be disappointed by an open challenge. But it could be anybody. That's the idea of an open challenge. So when it's somebody who probably would have appeared on the show anyway because he's been appearing on uh, Attack shows, the, the potential is there for people to be a bit, oh. But when the open challenge was answered by Mad Kurt, when his music hit, the crowd exploded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's the open challenge is a difficult thing to really sell people on, but like it's either got to be a big surprise or it's got to be somebody that um, is going to give you a interesting matchup with the person that you um that you're having the open challenge for it needs to feel like it's a unique opportunity to see two yes. people who might not be in the ring together all that often um and that's what we got um yeah. and yeah and they went on to play the like that trent and eddie were wrestling around him like wrestling in spite of his presence um and just not acknowledging him there was a couple of moments really early on where they they were doing some um some grappling, some uh, locking up and, and going into wrist locks and, and whatnot and headlocks. And, and Kurt was trying to sort of find his place in that, like trying to sort of manoeuvre around them, but not really knowing what to do with himself to sort of insert himself, um, which was really nice. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I've heard people say um, that the, the kind of the negative about the, the, the negative about the Mad Kurt character is that how long can can he carry it on and i the answers there's two answers to that one i i don't know um because there are many things that he could still do with it um and and surprise people with it the other answer is it doesn't matter because everything is fleeting the scene changes wrestling changes kurt chapman himself will change um because he's still quite a young man um, and he may sort of grow into a different type of, of figure. But while he's got it, make hay while the sun shines. Absolutely. You know, be be the, the, the big, uh, outrageous Mad Kurt that everyone is loving at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, if you've never seen the Mad Kurt character, um, try, and, try and get along and, and see him. Take a cape. Dress, dress in a cape. Well, let's move on then. And let's move on to another big character yeah. who... Um, who basically took the British wrestling scene by storm in 2019. Um, yeah. And that's an appearance on this show from Gene Money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't wrestle. No. Came out and... <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird because Jim Lee announced him before he came out and said, I bumped into a well-dressed gentleman. Yeah. When in fact, what Gene Money came out in was a trench coat, a hat, and tape over his nipples. Uh, yeah, he had, a tie, he, had a, he had a tie on. Yeah. Um, but no shirt. I, I wouldn't describe him as, as well-dressed. Yeah. But perhaps Jim Lee has different well, standards. I mean, maybe, he's a drunk, isn't he? Maybe we'll talk about Jim Lee later on. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so Gene came out, did a film noir detective character is going to find press start. That's what yeah. that's what happened. But my love the graps on, on on this particular point is the fact that Gene Money is getting to do everything, and yeah. I think 
he's hitting it out of the park 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, and I he's mean, getting big opportunities in British wrestling right now, and it warms my little heart, it does. Yeah, it mentioned earlier that um, he wasn't at no ring because he was down in Cardiff for mm-hmm. progress. Um, and he's not wrestling for progress at the moment. Um, so he made his debut at the National Progression Series uh, in September and then appeared in the Rumble at uh, Ali Pali, Alex Palix mm-hmm. the next day and hasn't wrestled for progress since. Yeah, he was but on unboxing, a... mate. Was he? Oh, well, I wasn't he was in the reverse count. Rumble. I wasn't there, don't count. Mm. Um, so uh, other than that, he's just been kind of being a character on their shows, which, again, could be really difficult, but he's knocked it out of the park and made himself relevant in a, in a role which could have been awkward. Yeah. And you know, he's got a buzz behind him. The progress fans seem to have taken to him, particularly on social media. Um, he was giving out flags on Wednesday night, um, Gene for super strong style 16. Yeah. Um, which would be really embarrassing if he doesn't get into super strong style 16. <laughs> where it, if, if, if this doesn't work out, I think he's going to he'd probably have to quit wrestling altogether, Yeah, actually. Um, and, um, yeah, making new fans everywhere he goes. Um, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't say enough um, good things about um, what he's managed to achieve over the past year. Um, and it's, it's a testament that Attack have probably... We'll come on to this, but there isn't lots of attack stuff going on at Attack right now, no. and this feels like the most attacky sort of thing that they've got going. If they, if they go with this um, Gene Money trying to find press start um, angle, yeah. Well, let's move into the not my graps and and um, we'll, we'll start with something else first. But I think yeah, our we'll... love the graps are going to seem obvious why we've picked those. Perhaps why we pick those three when we talk about yeah. our second well, not my graps. Well, first of all, then is um, I'm not I'm not one for like harping on value for money when it comes to my wrestling shows, um, but I will say it felt a little bit I felt a little bit put out by getting essentially a five match card um, on Wednesday night. Six matches if you want to count. CCK against the Ring Crew Express, but it that was basically a mo- one move and it was done. Um, but we, yeah, we essentially got a five match card, which I don't know. I mean, I'm not one. There, there's a it's a balancing act. I don't really want eight or nine match cards all the time, but I feel like six is a good baseline to work from. Uh, maybe your mileage varies on this, but it, it felt like I don't know. The show felt very slight because of that. Yeah, the first half particularly felt very slight because the, the first match was like under thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, the second match uh, between uh, Danny Luna and Millie McKenzie, although very good, uh, seemed short as well. Um, and then they moved into a two out of three falls match uh, between Mambo and Nico Angelo, um, which. Um, Although was good because again, and you know, maybe this is as much on us as anyone else. Um, we're not invested in their feud, um, so it was just another match to us. Um, 
and so yeah the first end the first half ended kind of fairly seemed to be fairly quickly yeah it felt like well if that's half the show gone I'm not sure what we can expect in the second half um, and, and to be honest i had to drive home to northampton and get up for work the next day so i wouldn't have been too um horrified had the the second half been short as well no but no you know i know what you mean yeah and, and you know maybe it's me picking at picking at something that doesn't bother that again like i don't i don't feel like if i'd have gone to another show if i'd have gone to a local show if i'd have gone to a you know a trainee show or something like that and we got five matches i'd be like that's fine but yeah. you know this feels like it's one of the you know one of the top companies in the country doing one of their london shows in a good in a good venue yeah um a good venue for wrestling with a crowd that uh you know they're a bit quiet at the beginning of the night but it got going um as the night went on but it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like they were uh there was added value there no especially when there were almost as many wrestlers in the crowd well uh, yeah as as on the card um, which I, I t- guess you you tend to get midweek in London um, because there are a lot of wrestlers who live in London and uh, will just pop along on yeah. the night. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It felt a little slight um, at five and a bit matches um, for for a night uh, a night's entertainment. Yeah. But um, the second, not my graps. Um, and again, we've got to stress that when we say not my graps, it's it's particularly down to, to mine and Chris's experiences at the show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there may be all kinds of reasons for, for why we feel this way. But and, I And, and it has to be tempered by the fact that we haven't been to attack for 19 months. Yeah. But I didn't particularly feel like I'd watched an attack show. No. No. I, I think one, one of the other reasons why the five-match card kind of stood out to me was that we were missing a lot of the names that felt like huge parts of attack mm-hmm. for a long long time and i don't know whether like they've been cycled out wholesale some of these guys i don't think so um but it was a midweek show don't feel like there's loads else going on no um but like I could, you know, I could count on two hands how many people, you know, would have felt like attack mainstays and could have added to that card. Yeah, and I, f- I feel that some of the guys we did get, um, so the Rinker Express, uh, Danny Luna, uh, Chuck Mambo, Nico Angelo, um, Darice, Dan Maloney, Car uh, Noir, Carl Fletcher. These guys have all become attack regulars in the time that we've not been to attack. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it is on us. But the problem is that a lot of those guys, with with the possible exception of the Rinker Express, they've also become regulars everywhere else. Yeah. So it didn't feel particularly like a unique attack show, and that's why I think when we look at the the, the three people that we singled out in the Love the Graps. You got Chris Brooks, um, who is you know an attack original, um, and you know old school attack. You've got Mad Kurt, who's uh, just doing that slightly weird gimmick, and Gene Money, who's very very funny. 
um, and that's something attack always were there was a a comedy element there to it so i think that the the things that we picked that we really liked on the show were more old school attack even if two of them weren't old school attack wrestlers mm. I, I think also like I, I don't know where we are with attack right now like i mm. I, I, I followed the results loosely um in the interim period between actually attending shows um i feel like we're two heel stables away from where we were um i feel like you've lost a lot of well okay let's 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 try and let's count out some of the people that um that weren't there that uh that may have added an attack flavor to the show um, so, like, if you're starting at the very top, you've got your Pete Dunn, you've got your Mark Andrews, um, yeah. uh, Flash Morgan Webster. Like, these guys, um, obviously, a big part of Attack, uh, their availability is is a lot less these days. But then yeah. even when you get down past then, you've got um, Mike Bird and Wild Boar, you've got the Anti-Fun Police, you've got your Hunter Brothers. Like, all of these guys were like a huge part of attack um and would have i think added to the show on wednesday yeah um, and then even past that you got brendan white bino um lk messenger um elijah um the the dragon pro graduates yeah uh, that became part of the show as well um no sign of them it's weird it's just yeah. weird, I think. Um, yeah. But there was just there was also just like a general vibe of I'm not sure what the show is now. Um, yeah, and that's not to say it was it was bad or there's anything like wrong with that. It, I mean, it was a, a good show. I just didn't feel like I was watching an attack show. No, I mean, uh, Jim Lee was out there trying trying to sort of lay out some of the story stuff, but he sounded like he was asleep. Um, half the time he sounded like he just got out of bed um, and the energy level was weird with Jim on Wednesday I don't know what that yeah. was I don't know I mean with with Jim he does like a beer um, well yeah so, I mean but what, you know, whatever like uh, I mean, or he may have been ill there's a lot going around mate yeah yeah but yeah, yeah. The, the energy there was a bit weird um, I mean you, you had Eddie Dennis and uh, Chris Roberts up doing commentary and very visible the whole time, which I find a bit distracting, frankly. Like, like it w- was weird because they would kind of Eddie was doing a lot of posturing up on the stage yeah. with certain people um, when they were up there doing their entrances or exiting. Um, I don't know. It didn't put put simply. As a person who went to attack on a regular basis a couple of years ago, um, traveling upwards of three hours, getting stuck in traffic, um, yeah. you know, coming back home, getting home at like two, half two in the morning after shows, um, this didn't make me fall back in love with attack. No. Too sad because attack. There's a lot to love there, and as I say, it was a good show. But I didn't feel that it was something I couldn't see at half a dozen other places. Okay. Well, what if? Let me put this to you because it's a thing that we've said recently about progress. Okay. That 
they are a victim of their own success in that what has actually happened is they had set a template out that other people could aspire to, but then other people have taken those key parts and maybe not perfected upon them, but have focused on them to a point that it makes what the original concept was less unique and less special. Um, So to then go back to that original one, you basically feel like you're getting a watered-down version of it. Yeah. Like, if if you're somebody who looks at the Schadenfreude shows and finds that the most entertaining thing in the world, you're probably going to look at Attack and feel, feel like it's a bit tame, even though it was Attack that kind of set the groundwork for some of the outlandish stuff that they did. I mean, if you went to our No Ring show on Sunday and you were like this is wacky, this is crazy. Like, Attack were already doing some very big character stuff um, and kind of pushing the boundaries of what some elements of wrestling could be. Yeah. But now other people are doing elements of that with more focus. Mm. I, th- I, I think, you know, we, we talked about the... the the advertised main event um, of Car Noir against Carl Fletcher that was an excellent professional wrestling match. Um, really, really good. As good as you'll find in any hall in, in the UK this year. Um, and when you think back to attacks when we used to go, that, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, you could never really think of great matches at attack. Instead, you'd think of great shows. Oh, and great um, moments. Like... Yeah. Um, and maybe, they, I mean, it may be a transition thing or it may be what they have moved into and is now their final form. But now Attack is a place where you can go and get great matches rather than old Popper Sunflower, um, you know, a man pretending to be a flower, basically. Yeah. Um, and again, your mileage will vary on on whether you prefer the the former or the latter. But I think I prefer, I'd I'd much rather watch um, an attack product the like that they used to do sort of four or five years ago than they're doing now. And that's, again, not to say that what they're doing now is bad. It's just not my grabs at the moment. And of course, they're still doing goosebumps. Um, It looks like we're working towards a return of press start. So, you know, it's not like they've completely abandoned those things, but I'm not sure I want just another wrestling show from Attack. No. I expect something no. a little extra. Yes, more bit more creativity, please. Well, okay, third, not my graps then, and that, this was something a little bit extra. Okay. Um, do you want to explain? Yeah, so we nearly missed the show. Um, we, we got to uh, Tufnell Park... And uh, I'd say we raced to the venue, but we stopped off at uh, Sainsbury's on the way to get a sandwich. So we were quite hungry. Um, And we got in as Eddie Dennis's music was playing, which confused me because I knew he was injured. And I couldn't couldn't work out why um, Eddie Dennis's music was playing. Maybe we were getting an Eddie Dennis too. Yeah, the the ring crew express were already in the ring as well. It It was a very confusing moment. But the reason we got there that late was that we were held up on the M1. Um, traffic was static, which brought back memories of an attack show that we, we went to in Bristol uh, uh, a few years ago. And we missed bumps. the first half. 
um, entirely because the the M4 was at a standstill. But this time the M1 was at a standstill because the the overhead signs, which to be honest aren't always truthful. No. Um, that they they adver- advertised is that the right word? It's not not really the right word, but they they indicated that, that there were animals in the road. Yeah, which was now, uh, exciting because we were near Woburn Safari Park. Yeah, so who knows what we could have seen? Yeah, imagine a, a, a hippo just waddling across the M1. Yeah, a herd of imagine giraffes smashing each other to bits, or even you know an, an articulated lorry hitting a hippo would be a oh. sight to. I mean, I wouldn't want to see it. Yeah, but, I'd eat a hippo I mean, though. Would you? Yeah, I'd eat a bit of hippo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah slice a rhino? it up. Yeah, I'd have a bit of rhino. It's almost like a unicorn, isn't it? So it is. yeah, I could have a bit of that. Be a bit tough, wouldn't it? Don't know. Would it? I don't know. I, don't I know. imagine so. I mean, the skin would be tough. Yeah. But maybe it'd be tender flesh underneath. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there are places you can go and eat a rhino. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get dark. Yeah. Um, and that how Ebola started. Didn't somebody have sex with a monkey? No, it's AIDS. Oh, right, okay. I think Ebola, someone ate a monkey. Right, right, right. I mean, um, I'm sure none of them started this way. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there was the advertised animals in the road. And uh, when we got there, um, there was nothing really to see. And then the, the radio told us that there was actually a dog on the motorway. Um, yeah. And at, at which point, Chris, you made a, a pronouncement, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah, well, if there's a dog on the motorway, that you've lost that dog. I'm yeah. sorry, we don't all stop because your dog's got on the motorway. Yeah, it's just. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all. For, you know, I've had, pe- I've had. I don't have any pets right now, but I've had pets and um, felt a lot of affection towards those pets. And I wouldn't wish for this to happen to my dog at any point. But if you're not taking care enough of that dog to keep it off the motorway, I'm afraid you do not get that dog back. Yeah, even if that dog is found safe and well, you're not having that dog back. No. I mean, we we when we got to to where the incident seemed to be, there were about four police cars and uh, a, a lone woman standing next to a car. So I presume it was her dog. Yeah. Um, hopped out the window. Yeah. Like, what were you doing? What were you doing to allow your dog to escape on a motorway? Just like, oh, I want to do that thing where a dog sticks its head out the window and has its tongue wagging. Yeah, I wouldn't even rule out jail time for that woman. No, I think she should be put away for life. Yeah. And if they catch the dog, I think the dog should be locked up as well. Yeah, I mean, all dogs should be locked up anyway. You know, look after your dog. I saw a badger last night, Chris. Did you? What was yeah. it doing? It was just in the street. I was walking to, to pick my daughter up from youth club, and I was looking at my phone, yeah. and I heard a noise about 10 foot in front of me, like a scricking noise. Scricking? And then, yeah, scricking. That was, that was, the, that was the noise. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up, and there was a badger there, and he, he kind of ran about five feet away. And then stopped. So I took a picture of him. Why? And then he ran off again. He didn't seem to be eating anything. No. There was nothing there that he was picking at. He was just in the street. Very vicious, aren't they? Get rabies off uh, of that. Well, apparently. But, yeah. I mean, he seemed all right. I mean, I live in London, so I see foxes all the bloody time. Just foxes yeah, everywhere. Fo- foxes. Urban foxes. Yeah. I mean, is this an urban badger? Is that what we're down to now? Is that what Brexit has brought us to? Yeah. Yeah. Urban badgers. I'm surprised I haven't seen an urban fox hunt. Some people oh. in like um, red bomber jackets yeah. with black baseball caps on backwards, yeah. um, running around, blowing, riding, riding play, segways, playing horn noises off of their mobile phones. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to round them up. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen that. No. I mean, maybe start it. So we may managed to get to the show. I'm presuming the dog was all right. Don't know yeah. for sure. Might be dead. No. no. If anybody knows, no. if anybody got any news about the dog incident on the the curious incident of the dog the on the M1. The curious incident of the dog on the M1. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, please do get in touch. Yeah. Um, and let us know because I mean, we're invested now. Yeah. It's the best storytelling that I've had all week. I had all evening on Wednesday. Right. <laughs> I mean, that might have been why the O one two one were late. Yeah, maybe it was their might have dog. Been their dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't yeah. have a dog when they got to the show, though. So they didn't. Maybe oh, it, sad ending maybe, to that story. Yeah, maybe it was for yeah. the for the worse. Um, yeah, so that was attack. I, and that's I our show. To the show, I enjoyed watching the show. I enjoyed what I was given. It just wasn't what. I wanted to be given. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had a nice little chat with Shay Purser. Uh, he was telling me all the shows he's been booked for over spring break weekend. Yeah. Um, quite excited about that. Yeah. He's working a lot of GCW shows, which is smart. Gross. That's my favorite company. And he's a, he's a nice young man. So I, I wish him all the best. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a fun time. We saw, uh, I don't know if any of you are on social media, um, that uh, Aaliyah James uh, was apparently she realised at the show that she'd come dressed as The Rock yeah, in his that's famous a fun, photo. Fun photo. Yeah, yeah, we were there. We were there while that photo was being taken. So you know, mixing with the stars we were, weren't we, Chris? Yeah, yeah, just hanging out, just hanging out. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and there was some great wrestling. We haven't really talked about that, but there was some good wrestling on the show. So yeah. good work to the wrestlers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like. <laughs> Pick up the wrestlers. It didn't. It was. It didn't. It didn't rock my world, which is no. a shame. Yeah. Um, but that's about it, isn't it? That's about yeah. all we got time for, because <laughs> yeah. we're we're coming up to an hour and a half on this actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Christ. Um, you're. So I'm going to you, a show tomorrow. You're off to Ubdub tomorrow. Yeah, Ubdub. Flo- the floor is lava. The floor. I don't know if it's the floor is lava three or the floor is made of lava. The floor is lava, isn't it? I don't know. I think I mean, it's it just really floor matter. is lava. Doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm um, going to hang out with friends of the show, Dave Green and Megan Steve Hewitt. Yep. Yeah, so you're um, off to that. I'll, yeah. Um, what are you up to? I got a workshop in the morning, um, nice. and then I am going to see the film Parasite tomorrow afternoon. Right. It's basically very good. Yeah. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun, probably. I don't yeah. Know. Um, and then next weekend we are at Clash, the last Clash yeah. Bash. Um, a come to that. Clash. That is in Boreham Wood. That's their last ever show. Um, although yep. I have seen that a new promotion will be starting up in Boreham Wood later in the year. Um, Ignite. Who knows? It might even be run by one part of the Clash management <laughs> team. Um, so that's cool. Um, and that's about that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't get think on get else. on the Facebook group. Yeah. Um, go and buy Have tickets to Good in March. Uh, <laughs> and until next time, it is nearly 4 pm. Can you imagine? Um, and I reckon that's time to go to bed. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Up the hills, every class, the seasons outside. All our lives.
Starfish on the beach.